So this week is Good News Week. This is the week that Joseph walked into his destiny. And I'm going to show you how and when he walked in his destiny. Okay? The first thing we notice about Joseph is he stopped talk about his dreams. So after he was betrayed, never again he mentioned once his dream to the day he died. Have you noticed? He stopped sharing his dreams to the day he passed away. It was all secret. Now, the reason is because he learned this. To walk into your destiny, the couple of things that you need to pay attention to is that now he focuses on something else. I'm going to show you in Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. Okay? This is what he's focusing on. The world will tell you if you want to pursue your dreams, you just work hard at it. You, 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 you take care of your dreams. You invest in your dreams. You talk about it. You work hard at it. But I'll show you the impossible, godly, divine, supernatural dreams, how that is being fulfilled. If you have those crazy dreams, you have to pay attention to this. 49 verse 1, sometime after this, now, just let me set it up. So, actually, no, it says up itself here. Sorry. The cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against the Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined after the Potiphar sent him to jail. Remember the story, right? The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them, and they continued for some time in custody. In other words, they're in prison for some time. It wasn't this like overnight thing. It's like they're in custody for some time. Verse 5, and one night they both dreamed. This cupbearer and this uh, baker, they had a dream. And the cupbearer and the baker and the king of Egypt who were confined in prison, each his own dream. Each dream with his own interpretation. Verse 6, now I want you to pay attention to verse 6. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw they were troubled. Then he just walked away and thought to himself, hey, man, you and I both in the same, same, same predicament, so who cares? You know, like, uh, sing me the pity party. I don't want to know about your problem. Did that happen? They're all in prison. And I want to tell you this. In the Egyptian prison, it wasn't like, like North American prisons. Very comfortable. You know, our, our prison is like a one-star hotel in some country. You're not listening. Our prison is clean. It's hygienic. You got food. You got proper nutrition. They make sure of it. You said, how do you know? Have you been to prison? No, no, I haven't, but I, I read enough. I know there's a lot of abuse, whatever. But, but anyways, I just want to tell you, the prison in the old days are not nice. They're designed to be very cruel and inhumane. And Joseph was put there, no fault of his own. It was so unfair. It was, it, was, it was like somebody, it was somebody else's doing, and he ended up in that predicament. So he is there, and his fellow prisoners were there. What was his focus? Was he crying to God? You know, I, I know in VeggieTales, I know some of you watch VeggieTales. I'm, I watch VeggieTales. I used to anyways when my children were little. So, you know, I mean, what else do you watch, right? You can't watch any other movie but VeggieTales when they're little. 
And so, you know, VeggieTales, they, they have Joseph, you know, singing and complaining to God. That is false. It's not even in the Word. I mean, God bless VeggieTales. Better than most of the stuff going on out there anyways. But, you know, Joseph was like, oh, God, why? You know, he's singing a song. Why? But nothing like that. Not even a peep. Not even a word came out of his mouth. But instead, guess okay, what happened? He had such interest in others. He asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? You know, I'll tell you this, even in church today, nobody cares if somebody is downcast. We'll, we'll just we'll greet them, hey, how are you doing? Before they have a chance to answer, it's like we'd already move on to the next guy. We're so busy. There's always a joke, you know, if you heard that joke, right? There's this guy, you know, he's full of sorrow, he comes to church, you know. And then uh, he was greeted by a, a pastor, a brother, whatever. He said, you know, how are you doing, brother? He said, oh, my wife just left me, and I just lost my job, and I just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm sick to death. And, and the brother is like, or the pastor, oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. Sounds good, man. And he moved on. What happened there? He wasn't even listening. So we are called not to be like that. Amen. We are called to care. And so Joseph, in the same predicament, like he was in the same predicament, he was in this ugly jail, and he had interest not on his own welfare, but in somebody else's welfare. He cared to ask. Joseph, while in prison, showed concern to those who were in the same predicament, being locked up. He would have been resentful, bitter, and felt sorry for himself. But instead, he cared for others. He said to them, verse 8, We have had dreams, and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretation belongs to God. Please tell me. He's interested. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, there was a vine, and so, forth, so on and so forth. And so Joseph then, listen, interpreted for him. But Watch this. He insisted. Would it be wonderful we walk around churches, you know, and you greet somebody and you say, oh, I'm fine. And then somebody say, really? Come on, tell me. No, I'm okay. No, just, just share, man. I could see that something is sorrowful. But we're so busy. I'm so busy. You're so busy. Everybody's so busy. And we don't have time for each other. Wouldn't it be wonderful to come to a house that people actually cares. They care for you. They care for me. They ask questions, you know. Like, I guess I do have an excuse, you know, because I have so many people to greet. But nonetheless, it's no excuse, right? We all need to show some concern and we need to care. So Joseph, instead of talking about his dream, Joseph insisted to listen, watch this, about their dreams. Are you more interested in your own dream or your own sorrow or you're interested in others' dreams? I'll tell you this. Big dreamers with godly dream, listen, they know how to lay that aside and trust God to take care of it. 
If you have godly dreams, you need to learn like Abraham learned. Put that dream on the altar. Isaac was Abraham's dream incarnate. Isaac was the promises of God that Abraham would be the father of many nations. And yet God says, lay him on the altar. Until you and I are willing to lay our dreams aside, God cannot fulfill our dreams. You have great dreams, godly divine dreams. But unfortunately, the world we live in tells us, you pursue your dream. How wrong is it? As far as God is concerned, it's very, very far from the standard of God, from the glory of God. The world tells you to pursue your dreams, but God is saying, put that aside. Not only put aside and lay aside, instead of talking and focusing on them, listen to other people's dreams. Let them talk of the dreams. I love listening. You know, when I was younger... When I get together with other pastors, you know, um, and uh, I like to tell them about my big dreams. And then they tell me about their big dreams. And I'll go, ah, whatever, you know, like, but listen to my dreams, you know. We like that, right? Just, you know, I have big dreams. And the Holy Spirit, after I've gone through a season of rest, the Holy Spirit had taught me, next time when we meet with other pastors, shut up. Just shut up. And I've learned just to sit there and listen, listen to their dreams, and then just give them ideas about their dreams and talk about their dreams. It's like, wow, you know, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for your dreams? You know? And after that, I realized I have more friends. <laughs> if you feel like you're lacking friends, maybe you talk too much about yourself. Try to have people speak to you. How can you minister? How can you be a blessing unless you know what's going on in their lives? Lay aside yourself. Lay aside your dreams. Lay whatever the promise of God is, if it's his promise, he'll bring it to pass. Lay it aside, okay? So, because Joseph was willing to listen to the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, because of that, that was a stepping stone for him to be eventually trusted to the front of Pharaoh. If he had not ministered, if he had not cared about the fellow prisoners, he would have never been in front of the king or the Pharaoh, the king of the land. Just think about this. Every act of obedience, every act of service, every act of laying aside is a stepping stone for you to be closer to what God had intended you for you to be. Every act of unself, every unselfish act. So now, Joseph, because of that, because of his ministry, his willingness to listen to the cupbearer, his willingness to listen to his dream, and his willingness to minister to him, a fellow prisoner. A lot of times we look at people who are in a low position. We just have no interest in them. We want to talk to rich people. I don't know about this thing about talking to rich people. What, they're going to give you some money? Have you noticed we like to talk to famous and rich people? Have you noticed that? We, we, you know, me too, right? And sometimes I kind of kick myself. It's like, why, why do I want to talk to them? They're not giving me a cent. 
You know, we, and, and Christian, right? We have Christian celebrity. We like to talk to Christian celebrities, you know. Oh, they're so famous. I want to touch that person. Peter was talking about that, right? I want to touch this. What is this? They don't, they don't do anything. In fact, James says to, this, to the people in the church, he said, you know, you treat those rich people well and you, you mistreat those old people. Don't you know those rich people are the ones who take you to the court? So it's rich one here. Please don't take me to court. You know, I think the key is really to serve the lowly. Because one person who is in prison with you may become the prime minister tomorrow. But anyways, let's move on. So because he's ministered to the bakers and the, and the, and the cupbearer, in Genesis 41, verse 9 to 15, now the cupbearer has been released and, and been restored to his position. Uh, no, the, the cupbearer. And the baker, of course, he, he died. He got executed. Right, And so now, a few years later, while Joseph was rotting in jail, in chapter 41, verse 9, we read that then the chief cupbearer said to the Pharaoh, oh, by the way, and then the Pharaoh had some funny dreams, and that nobody could help the Pharaoh, and so now the chief cupbearer remembered about Joseph, and he said, I remember my offenses today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in the custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed the same dream that night, he and I, each having a dream with his own interpretation, a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about, I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And it's a pit. And he had shaved himself, changed his clothes. He came before the Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and there's no one that can interpret. I have heard and said that you, I have heard it say that you, that when you hear dreams, you can interpret it. Watch this. The way Joseph walked into his dream. Fulfill his dream is number one. He doesn't talk about it, but he was, he was talking about somebody else's dreams. Not only did Joseph talk about his dreams, not, did, not only did Joseph learn about how just to help other people in their dreams, Joseph also, I want you to listen to this very carefully now, used his gifts to interpret dreams to help others. I want to ask you, when was the last time you used your gifts to help people as opposed to help yourself? Many people in our culture, in our time, would say, use your gifts for yourself. Use your gifts to become successful. Use your gifts of persuasion to be the best salesman. Use your gifts as an engineer to be this and that. Use your gifts to be a project manager to get a better position. Use your gifts for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, may I suggest to you, if you ever want God to put you in a place that he will fulfill that impossible dream, is that you use your gifts not on yourself, but you, you use your gifts on other people. Joseph used his super natural gifts, not on himself, but on other people. How are you and I using our gifts today, spiritual gifts and otherwise? I want to tell you this. If God had given you a gift, say a spiritual gift, if you don't use it, you're going to be less and less skillful in applying it. 
The gifts of God is without repentance. They'll always be on you. But we have to use the gifts to become good at it. You understand that? Do you know why every month I'm still leading worship? I'm 50-year-old. Most of the 50-year-old pastors with this size of church will not lead worship. You're so quiet. Talk back to me. Come on. Because they're too, too senior, too big. Because I asked for the gifts. I remember one time, I didn't know how to play piano. My sister would tell you, my mom sent me to piano. My mom tell you, they sent me to piano. I didn't practice. I hated it. So I got nothing. Learned nothing. Had nothing. I learned guitar. Oh, guitar was easy. One day I was in this church. I was pioneering this small church in this city. I was, I was there. And they asked me to lead worship. So I lead worship. I could only use guitar. Da, 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 da. I think I was okay with it. It's just, you know. And But the church had no musician. They had no pianist. It's funny because when I went there the first time, they had this guy playing guitar and another guy on bongo and another guy leading worship. So the guy who was leading worship sang a completely different tune than the guitar. <laughs> and he, he is in a rhythm that is completely out of sync with the guy who played bongo. So they were all doing their own thing. It's like playing in tongues, you know. <laughs> just everybody is just doing their own thing. I was like, what? Whoa. If God hadn't called me there, I probably would have left. So, so I decided, okay, I'll help you. So I'll lead worship. I was leading worship. And I was like, I feel like that's not enough. I need to play piano. I said, God. So I was, I was praying in the spirit one day. I said, God, I just, I just want you to show me supernaturally. I heard sermons of how God showed people supernatural skills and gifts, you know. I said, God, if you show me, I'm going to use it for your glory. So one day, I was sitting in the front row, right? And I was, and then they, they, it's, they because this church is small, I could actually literally see the, they had a guest pianist came in one day, guest pianist. You know, from another country. And he came in and, and he was playing for that pastor. And he was, he was just doing his thing, right? And no, so I, I was worshiping. Right? I was worshiping and I was sitting in front. That's why I want to encourage you to sit in the front row. Are you here this morning? So quiet. I was sitting. I said, Jesus, I need your help. And then I was worshiping and the Holy Spirit said, open your eyes now. I kid you not. I opened my eyes. And the guy who was playing, I was able to see what he was doing. I understood what he was doing. And I went home and tried it. The way I play today is a gift of God. Amen. Come on, you have to give glory to God, not me. And that is why I will not let it stay dormant. Some of you have gifts and they are sleeping. I preach you with all the love in my heart. Please forgive me if I offend you. Please, please, please. But you know God wants you to operate fully in that gift. You cannot be good in your giftings unless you operate and apply it. Don't store it. The talent is not meant to be buried in the ground. The talent is meant to multiply. The talent is meant to bring fruits to the kingdom of God. Are you here? Can I hear an amen this morning? I do not preach to condemn you. If you feel condemned, I'm sorry. I apologize. That's not my purpose. That's the voice of the devil. Shut it down. Don't feel condemned. We are all under the grace of God. We are all under the grace of God. He loves you as much as he loves me.
Your standing with God under the blood of Jesus is as good as new. I'm not talking about that. I want to encourage you to get out of the place where your gift is hidden and buried and use your gift for the glory of God. The other day I was talking to some, some senior leadership at Lakewood Church. So we're planning this November uh, crusade. Joe was doing crusade, so we're planning. And we, first of all, we need to organize all the churches because last time was just, just us, you know, and pretty much just us. I would say Lisa. <laughs> it was just, just you know. Um, so we were talking, and I, I, and so they were asking me about, you know, what happened because it's completely different leadership now because the, the fellow who was leading anyway. So, so, uh, so I was sharing with them. I said, you know, like we, we didn't have too many people, you know, but we mobilized the church. But I said we have this amazing uh, sister, and and I mentioned her name, and I said, you know, we, I just I just asked her to do, it, and she took over, and she just turned everything into magic, and I got nothing but positive. Uh, uh, response I said I said you know like uh, I said she she just and and I was thinking to myself she used her giftings for the glory of God and God is rewarding her today I'm telling you this God, God is rewarding her because she could have said no I'm too busy she could have said well I'm too busy I, I, I got my career man I don't need the pressure we didn't have, we, we just, I didn't have that many people at that time. And God, get, you, she used her gifts for the, you know, some of you have amazing gifts. Amazing ability will put me to shame. Some of you probably can preach better than I preach. And yet here I am standing here. You should be standing here. Some of you can sing better than we sing. You should be up here. And here we are. I want to tell you this, brother and sister. When you have gifts, don't hide it, please. We absolutely need your gift. People need your gifts to be released, not for yourself. Not so that you can promote yourself. But so that God can use that gift that he had design you to have assigned to you before the foundation of the world Amen. so they can use it to touch lives sitting in here there's some of the most amazing evangelists you don't know that yet sitting here there's some that's just operating an amazing prophetic ministry you don't know that some of you are sitting here with amazing vocal gifts, musical gifts, teaching gifts, counseling gifts. You don't know you have it. Why? Because you haven't learned how to exercise it. I want to encourage you. When you have gifts, you say, God, I'm going to lay that gift on the altar. I'm going to lay it on the altar. I remember the first time I was playing the piano, first time, didn't even practice. And I have the piano keyboard. You know, I, I insisted to the pastor, I said, Get, buy me a keyboard, you know. And they were not too sure. They said, do you know how to play piano? I said, don't worry, I'll just figure it out. They were like, what? <laughs> it's not cheap, you know. I said, just buy it, just buy it, just buy it, and then I'll just do it. And I remember they, we tried on Sunday night when only like 15 people were attending the service. So we tried on Sunday night. And... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so the, they, they didn't have the proper stand, so we have to use all those boxes to stack it all up and put the keyboard there to play. It was a small church. It was fun, right? And, you know, I was like in the mic. I was like, ah, singing, sweating, you know, and I was nervous and totally out of tune. Totally. But I grew from there because I never stopped using it. You still love me? Yes. All right, half, half the people, that's okay. But I do want you to know, God thinks the world of you. He is not condemning you. He is not mad at you. He's not angry at you, neither am I. But he loves you so much that he wants you to live fully in your destiny. Watch this. Joseph not only know how to talk about other people's dreams, but he used his gifts, listen, 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 to serve the dreams of others. It's only when he served the dreams of his fellow inmate and eventually the dreams of Pharaoh, it's the Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh. He was serving the dreams of Pharaoh. That his dream that God had given him, that the stars, the sun and the moon bow down to him. That dream, so abstract, came to pass. It was while he was serving somebody else's dreams, his dream came to pass. May I ask you, whose dreams are you serving? Are you serving God's dream or your own dream? Whose dream are you laying your gifts down for? Look for somebody else's dreams that you can lay your life down for. You know, it's really not that far-fetched even in our society. Some of the most pronounced, renowned, successful politicians we know, they didn't start off to be the president. They start off as a community activist. Start off as intern. They're serving somebody else's dreams. If you just always worry about your own dreams, you will not see that God will fulfill your dreams for you. You need to lay down, learn to lay down your dreams and say, I'm going to give my heart, my soul, my spirit, my strength to serve the dreams of others. I wonder how many of us missed opportunities to realize our dreams because we did not know that only when we are serving someone else's dreams that we see our dreams fulfilled. We missed because that's not how we have been taught. We've been taught to spare no expense and energy or even lives to pursue our own dreams. The purpose and the plan of God is to know you lay your side, your dreams, godly, divine, whatever that God had given you. Just lay that aside. Put it aside. You know, there's a pastor in Beth. I still call it Bethel. Okay, uh, the, the the you know the senior pastor in Bethel. You know the well pastor. Anyways, a pastor in California. I listened to him a lot, and, and it was a leadership training that he was taking, talking to pastor how to hire staff and 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 look for leaders. This is what he said. He said, I never hire staff that talk about their dreams. You know how a workplace you go, right? What do you want? What do you see yourself five years from now? Have you heard that before? And then people go, oh, you know, I'm going to be like this, that, and the other thing. I'll tell you this. 
You want to be a candidate that stand out? So for those of you interviewed, this is what you do. You say to your boss, and I did that and it worked. I got hired. I thought it was such a cool line to use. And you were ready for that? So the vice president, when I was, you know, is a director position. The vice president was, was, was interviewing. So what do you see five years from now? I said, I said, sir, I see myself serving your dream. I didn't say serving your dream. Helping you to fulfill your goals so that I can ride in a cocktail for you to be successful. Because when you're successful, I know I will be. He sat back. He says, that is so neat. <laughs> Nobody ever said that to me. So the next question, I knew I was in, right? So I say, are you, am I going to be hired? <laughs> you know? So bold, you know, the vice president is like, wow, you know, can you hire me right now, you know? <laughs> Listen, it's true. Even in your workplace, when you talk to your boss, when you talk to people that you work for, serve their dreams and you will go very, very far. But in the kingdom of God, when he talks about the kingdom of God, the dreams that God has given you to reach the lost, to reach those who are poor and hungry, to see transformation, you have big dreams. You have amazing dreams that God had placed in your heart to bring great impact into our world. He had given you the dreams and you can't wait. You don't know how to do it. You've been trying to figure it out. You can't figure it out. You struggle. You try this, try that, try this thing. Nothing at work and you're stuck in a holding pattern. May I suggest, from this day onwards, lay that dreams on the altar. Lay your Isaac on the altar. Father, I put that dreams on the altar. And I'm willing to say that. Lay that aside and say, God, whose dream Am I supposed to help build? Could be one, could be multiple. Whose dream am I supposed to fulfill? Because friends, in that dreams, in that helping other people to fulfill their dreams, you'll be like Joseph. You will see that your dreams come to pass. So whose dreams are you going to help to fulfill?